Thanks, Bethany, for reading uh, that passage for us and for uh, the band for helping us praise God uh, together so far. Uh, Guys, I'm sure all of you have a phone with you. Can I ask you to take out your phone and to turn with me to John chapter 10? I know that might be a risk for some of you, but I think it's much better for you to see, rather than just listen to me and my words and my opinions, perhaps, that I want you to see this is actually what God's word says. John chapter 10. And as you do that, let me, let me pray for us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this evening so far. Thank you for who you are, that you are a God who has revealed himself in creation, has revealed himself in how you've made such complex beings like us. Uh, but Lord, you've also revealed to us primarily through your word. And so, Lord, as we come now, as we read your word, as we uh, ponder its truth, I pray that you would bring us ultimately to Jesus, our true and our good shepherd, and that you would change us uh, for your glory this Easter time. In his name we pray. Amen. If there's one thing that I cannot stand in this world, it is being on a farm. If you're a farmer, or maybe you live on a farm, fair play to you. I don't know how you do it, but I cannot stand being on a farm. Recently, I was invited around for dinner by uh, two friends in our church who I can only describe as hardcore farmers. They absolutely love farming. And they said the only way that I could come and have dinner with them was if I agreed to have a tour of their farm afterwards. It was awfully kind of them. And so for the first time, and what I hope was the last time, I got to sit in a tractor, and because it was lambing season, I got to come face to face with lots of different sheep, and I even got to hold a little lamb in my arms. You might think that's cute or adorable. I absolutely hated it. I was terrified. And even though this was a, a pretty traumatic experience for me, that evening showed me very clearly that being a farmer is hard work. Those lads work hard. They get up early every morning, particularly at that time, to tend for their sheep and to care for the newborn lambs. Take some serious energy and effort to do that day after day. Especially when sheep are not the smartest of animals, those lads worked hard to care for their sheep. And John chapter 10 teaches us that you and I are much more like sheep than I think we would like to admit. We are weak people and we need to be cared for. And so John 10 helps us understand that moment in history when God sent to us his son to be our good shepherd, to come and care for us, to lead us, and ultimately to die for us. That's what we're going to see tonight as we journey through John chapter 10. The first point as we, as we go through, hopefully is on the screen, the good shepherd calls his sheep and they follow. Look down with me on your phones to verse 1. Jesus kind of gives us the, the setting for this passage, and it's a sheepfold. After a long day grazing in the fields, the sheepfold was a place of safety where the sheep could come and rest for 
the evening. Now, we've already said that sheep aren't the smartest of, of creatures. And so in order to get to this place of safety, they had to listen to the voice of their shepherd. See, the one thing a sheep knows in the whole wide world is the voice of their shepherd. It's a bit like if you have a pet. We have a dog at home called Molly. We love her to bits, but she is a horribly behaved dog. Some seriously bad parenting on our part. But the one thing that Molly knows, the one thing she listens to, is the voice of our dad. When our dad calls her name, wherever she is in the house or in the garden, she comes running to our father. And, and that's what Jesus is saying in this passage. He says that he comes as the good shepherd to call out to his people. And his people respond because they know his voice. We see that if you look down at the end of verse 3. So the shepherd knew each of the sheep by name because he spent all day with them. He led the flock from morning until night. And it's the same, guys, with Jesus. He knows every one of his people. And he calls out to them, longing for them to respond and follow him. I think we understand what that looks like, don't we? As a shepherd calls his sheep. And we may understand that Jesus, throughout the Gospels, he called people, didn't he? He called the disciples, and, he, and they followed him. But it's been quite a while since Jesus was here on earth, right? I mean, it's over 2,000 years since the life, death, and, and resurrection of Jesus. So how can the shepherd still be calling out to us here at CE this evening? How do we hear the voice of God? Well, it's ultimately in his word. Right now on your phones or in your Bible, God is calling out to you in his word. I wonder if you've ever thought about that before. Each Saturday night, as you come to see ye, you hear God's word opened and the voice of the shepherd speaking to you. He's calling out to his sheep every time you open the Bible. And so I think the first question we have to ask ourselves this evening is, are we listening to the voice of the shepherd? If you have the Bible open on your phone right now, the shepherd's calling to you, I wonder, are you listening to what he has to say? Because the good shepherd calls out to his sheep, and his sheep obey, and they follow him. Secondly, the good shepherd protects his sheep from harm. If you look down again with me to, to verse 1, we've seen, yes, this passage is about a shepherd and sheep. Let, let's just park that for a second, because there's also some other characters in this passage, if you see in, in verse 1, Jesus mentions a thief and a robber. Okay, that's the first people, thief and a robber. And then in verse 5, who does he mention in verse 5? A stranger. And then again, verse 8, thieves and robbers are mentioned again. And then if you look down further to verse 12, who comes and snatches the sheep? A wolf. So Jesus tells us about thieves, robbers, strangers, and wolves. What do all of these have in common? 
Well, I think each of them are dangerous, aren't they? You know, thieves and robbers, they come quickly and they steal. A few years ago, our house was um, burgled. Someone came in and smashed a window in our house and trashed the place, turned it upside down. And it was pretty scary, to be honest. Our family were, were shaken for quite some time. Someone came into our home, our place of safety, and turned it upside down. Thieves and robbers come quickly, and they are dangerous. What about verse 5? Strangers. Well, what's the first thing we learn as children from our parents? Don't talk to strangers. Don't follow strangers. It's dangerous. Don't do it. And then again in verse 12, well, wolves aren't the friendliest of animals, are they? They pose a great danger to the sheep. The sheep, a bit like myself, they're not blessed with pace. They're very slow creatures. And so they're vulnerable to attack from wolves. So we have a thief, thieves and robbers, thief, robbers, strangers, and wolves. Why does Jesus tell us about them? He's telling us that there are dangers for us as God's people. You see, in our world today, there are many people who want to harm us from following Jesus. There's a wee lad in our church. He's only eight years old. And he recently came to me and he said that some lads in his school have been making fun of him for following Jesus. This wee lad's been going in. He's, he's telling people about Jesus. He's inviting them to church and to youth group or your youth club. And they're making fun of him. And as I found out later on, one night this boy went home and he said to his mom, Mom, maybe I should stop telling my friends about Jesus. Every time I tell them about Jesus, well, they make fun of me. They, they slag me off. I don't want to tell them about Jesus because I don't want anyone else to make fun of me. Only eight years old. All of us are much older than that here. And I think it's the exact same for us isn't it? We hear these voices in our, in our world, friends, family members, voices in our world who tell us to stop following Jesus. Why do you come to CE on a Saturday night? Why be part of a church on, on Sundays? Why be part of a local church? Why spend time in God's word? That's really weird. Why do you, why do, you do that? Voices in our world who want to stop us from following the shepherd. We've got to be aware of these attacks. We're vulnerable to attack from the outside world. But we're also vulnerable to attack from within. I think that's what Jesus moves on to talk about, from within. I wonder if any of you have watched this series, uh, Line of Duty. Maybe you've heard of it. I'm currently making my way through it. And Line of Duty is a TV show that follows uh, Detective Steve Arnott as him and his team try to uncover corruption within the police department. He's assigned to monitor police officers who looked the part, sounded really good, but actually behind the scenes they were doing some seriously dodgy stuff, breaking the law. And so... Over, throughout the series, he's absolutely horrified 
to discover the different things that are going on from people he looked up to and admired. They, they did not honor their job title. And something similar was going on back in Jesus' day as well. And that's gone completely. I can't get it. Well, we'll plow we'll on. Something similar was happening in Jesus' day as well. The Pharisees were kind of the, the religious top dogs of their day. They knew their Bibles. They looked the part. They sounded really good. But they did not love Jesus. And they did not care for God's people. And so a bit like those officers in line of duty, they, did, they, they looked the part but they did not honor their job title and they led God's people astray. And sometimes, guys, this still does happen in our churches today. Sometimes people come from within our churches, look really good, sound really good, look really impressive, but they do not teach us faithfully the word of God. And so, guys, can I say tonight, whatever church you're at, wherever you may be, make sure that whoever's at the front is opening God's word with you and feeding it to you. Whatever church you're at, make sure that people are opening the Bible because that's ultimately where the shepherd speaks in his word. So whatever church you're at, make sure that whoever's at the front, ministers, elders, that they're opening the Bible and faithfully feeding it to you. The shepherd speaks in his word. And we've got to be careful of those who try to deceive us. Look, look down with me again then to, to verse 10. This is where the good news comes in, what Jesus says in verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But he says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Just like those two lads on the farm, the shepherd worked hard. Every day was a long day, leading, caring for the sheep. If a sheep would get injured, the, the shepherd would have to get down and care to its needs. And also because sheep aren't, well, they're not very scary, are they? They're very vulnerable. And so the shepherd was the one who had to come and fight for his sheep, to fight off their enemies. And that's who Jesus is. Jesus is our true shepherd who leads us but also protects our souls from harm. So that, that eight-year-old lad I was telling you about, yes, it's difficult for him to follow Jesus in school, but the Lord protects him as he's part of his flock. It's not easy for us to be Christians. I think we all understand that. But Jesus promises to protect our souls from harm. He knows his sheep. He calls out to his sheep and he promises to protect them. And thirdly and finally, the good shepherd died for his sheep. The good shepherd died for his sheep. As we've seen already, the Pharisees were bad shepherds. Remember we said that they, they looked the part, they sounded good, but they did not love Jesus and they did not care for God's people. They did not care for the sheep. But look down again what, what Jesus says 
And he says this throughout this passage, I am the good shepherd. He's above all other leaders who have gone before. And he came to call out to us, to protect us. But most of all, he came to die for us. Verse 11, he says that he came to lay down his life for the sheep. And then again, look, look down with me to verse 18, just a few verses later. In verse 18, Jesus said, No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. Jesus willingly came to lay down his life. So that means nobody forced him to. Guys, nobody forced Jesus to lay down his life. He could have come down from that cross at any moment. But he surrendered himself willingly. He allowed himself to be taken, to be mocked, to be beaten, and killed. Why? Because he knew his goal all along was to give up his life for his sheep. Sheep don't add anything to the shepherd, do they? I mean, if anything, sheep are a bit of a nuisance a lot of the time. There's nothing really special about sheep. And if we're honest, guys, there's nothing super special about us. We're sinful people. We're weak people. And we're prone to wander away from God. We let Jesus down so many times. We fail him, or at least I do. And yet on the cross, we see Jesus who looked at the sheep, who looked at all our failures, all our weaknesses, and he stayed there so that we could know him and be part of his flock. At Easter time, we look at the cross, we look at the empty tomb. What does that mean? You know, these are massive key images in the Christian faith. What do they mean? What do we see there at the cross and in, and in the resurrection? We see the good shepherd who willingly died so that his sheep could come into safe pasture. What is that safe pasture? Well, it's a brand new life with Jesus. It's a fresh start as we know him, as we follow him, as we follow where he leads. He brings us into this brand new life as Christians that's why we celebrate Easter, because of what our good shepherd has done for us on the cross and in his resurrection. We can come in from outside and be part of his flock, to be part of his people and to be saved by him. At the cross and the resurrection, we see the good shepherd who died and rose again so that his sheep could know him and enter a new life with him. As we close this evening, guys, I don't know if you are where you're at. I don't know whether you are a Christian or you're not a Christian. You're maybe new to this for the first time. Well, if you're a Christian here, if you're already part of God's people, if you know this story inside out, what does John 10 teach you? What does it call you to? It calls you to stay close to your shepherd. 
Don't listen to the voices in our world. Don't listen to the voices that want you to wander away from the shepherd. Listen to God and, and listen to God speak to you in his word and keep following the true shepherd. He loves you. He cares for you. He came to die for you. So listen to his voice. Keep following the good shepherd. Maybe tonight you're here and you know in your heart that you're not a Christian. You know in your heart that you don't love Jesus. And let's be honest, this hall is filled. There are bound to be some of you. If you can't say tonight that you're a Christian, can I encourage you to look to Jesus and see your good shepherd? See the one who came and lived a perfect life to offer you to come into his flock, to be part of his people, and to find rest. Come and, and know Jesus so that you might be found safe in him. This Easter time, why don't you come into the fold, into the flock for the first time? Come to Jesus and follow him. He longs to be your shepherd and he longs to lead you into safe pasture. Let me pray together. Let me pray for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, where you speak to us, where you change us, where you correct us when we've wandered away. Lord, we thank you for this Easter time where we remember our good shepherd. We thank you for Jesus who was greater than all the other leaders who came before and is calling us still tonight in his word to know him, to follow him, to not listen to the voices in our world. We thank you for Jesus who protects us, who fights for us, even though it can be hard to be a Christian. And we thank you ultimately for his sacrificial death and resurrection. Lord, I pray tonight that this would not just wash over us or we would forget about this in a few moments' time. Help us, Lord, by your Spirit to listen to our good shepherd, to listen to his voice and to follow him and to be saved and rescued by him as he leads us into safe posture. We ask these things in his name. Amen.